So I want to start this episode of Please Blow My Mind with a thought that I've had, and I want to get your feedback. They say nice guys finish last. I went to an awesome event with Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. He came to Auckland, and I was lucky enough to be there. He talked about that's crap, that's BS, because what he's seen is nice guys finishing first. I guess, you know, nice guys, nice girls. The idea is nice people finishing first. And I want to know if you really believe that. Do you really believe that nice people finish first? And there's an example that I've been kind of thinking of. The example is I tried to go through the official channels to spend a little bit of, a couple minutes with Gary, trying to get some content for this podcast. I kind of thought to myself that, well, you could be one of those people who get up on stage and, you know, yell out and try and get his attention make a big song and dance and and maybe he'd say yes and there were people who did that at the event and they got his time or you go through the official channels and you be the nice guy now my question to everyone is is that the right way I went the nice guy route and didn't finish first but maybe I will over time I'm just trying to work that out of my head Do nice guys finish first? Do nice guys finish last? Gary said nice guys finish first. And I'm a nice guy. And I didn't finish first. But maybe, 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 maybe the race isn't over yet. Maybe that's how I should approach it. Hmm. This episode brought to you by floatculture.co.nz. The lovely team at floatculture.co.nz want to hear from you today. If you've considered having a float or you want to have your floats in Auckland, New Zealand, you need to touch base with floatculture.co.nz right now. Here's a spunky little advert that I uh, whipped up for you. No one really says spunky anymore, eh? Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, check out this advert and we'll see you in just a second. We think life is about having the latest phone. Self-driving car, a fat-free, carefree, think-free living, trying to explain the complexity of the world in about 140 characters. Guess what? 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 Life is way deeper than that. To understand what we need as humans and how deep the human hole goes, we need to look inwards. We need to look at floating as a way to cut everything out, turn off the machine, and be with nothing. That's better. Now let's start this baby on. Engines, three, two, one, up and away. You see life is busy, but floating gives us a super-powered, hyper-charged connection with our mind that can relieve stress by simply doing nothing. If you want to explore your mind and the float culture of New Zealand, then jump onto floatculture.co.nz and book your float today. That's floatculture.co.nz. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Boom. So check out floatculture.co.nz. Here we go, team. I want to thank you for joining me on Please Blow My Mind. This week we have a Please Blow My Mind episode extravaganza. The great Jimmy Hunt joins me in my, I was going to say studio, but it's a laundry. That's okay. Jimmy was cool with that. Um, I want to preface this episode that there's some F-bombs thrown, some pretty big F-bombs. There's some S-bombs. It's a bomb show, okay? And I was considering kind of editing it up and taking all the doo-doo-doo out, but I just thought, look, 
if you want to just listen to this episode without the kids, maybe do that, you know, uh, it's not bad to chuck a few F-bombs in if they're necessary, and I, I just think they are necessary, because this episode is called Unfuckwithable, and that's a that's a term that Jimmy came up with, and I just like, I don't know how to censor that, because it's such an awesome term, you just can't muck with him. That's his life's mission, to not be muckwithable, you know? So, anyways, I'm taking a punt, I'm leaving the bad language in, I get a bit carried away, so I try not to like go too hardcore, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, in real time censor how we talk, and I think we all are trying to. I guess where I've landed is that sometimes a good F-bomb is necessary if it feels validated, if it feels worth it. And in this episode, it truly does. Jimmy talks about his story, why he's so passionate about mental health. He talks about how it's not looking good. It's not looking good. We're going to have to go down the deeper, darker hole before we can see some light. He talks about us as humans being being kind of, you know, so good at adapting that we just put up with the crap even when it's starting to rain poo, you know? And... Yeah, I don't know, there's lots to digest in this episode, so I probably should stop talking and get into the episode with the great Jimmy Hunt. Ooh la la, it is good to see that man, it is good to chat with him, it is an experience. So, again, thank you all for blowing my mind of being part of this thousand conversation journey with me. Um, If you're new to Please Blow My Mind, I just want to thank you, you know, we're having these conversations... Um, we're trying to articulate better these complicated issues in our society not trying to label things and gang up in teams we're trying to say regardless of race gender skin color whatever you know there are through lines we all share we can celebrate our differences but gosh darn it let's celebrate our similarities that's 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 what i want to do i think that's what i am trying to do So let's get into it with Jimmy Hunt. Thank you everybody for watching and thank you all for blowing my mind. We live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience. Whether it's looking at our phones too long, forgetting how to talk to someone face to face, or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food. It's not food, it's silence. I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming. Welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. What do you think about my laundry? <laughs> Standard laundry? Looks, yeah, looks baby stuff? Pretty much like anyone else's laundry. Boxes. Um, do you have like a place of residence? Uh, like, do you have your own laundry? No. Someone asked me that yesterday. Do I have a laundry? I was like, no. I haven't a- done my laundry in a hell of a long time. They're like, why not? I was like, because it costs $3 yeah. for my giant laundry to be washed, yeah. dried, ironed, yeah. folded, and delivered to me yeah. for $3. And I'm like, Welcome yes. to the future. Right? Yes, I am doing that. That's no, well, no, that's the past. True. That's Mexico. True. <laughs> I, oh yeah that's why i get my life okay okay like so that. that's not auckland <laughs> that's not auckland. that's me thinking yeah you know. yeah yeah. no 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 god it's like six dollars a shirt or something here <laughs> oh, fuck that no. <laughs> where have you been man you've been in mexico yeah i live in mexico seven months out of the year now oh my god is that weird to like say did you did young jimmy hunt think yeah man i'm gonna live in mexico no not at all um 
but it was a very conscious decision to not be in New Zealand when it got cold. True. And so my wife and I had traveled to a bunch of different places uh, to not be cold. And then we just happened upon this little town in Mexico, (laughs) uh, about 45,000 people, best beach break in the entire world. And we're like, oh, this place. (laughs) Oh, we're going to stay here. And so we've bought land. Really? Um, Never thought in my life I'd be a landowner. Um, and we're building a house. I never thought I would ever build my own house. Dude. And uh, yeah, well, hold on. Like, okay. uh, <laughs> baller, uh, the land, yeah. 600 meters from the best beach break in the entire world, mm-hmm. uh, 40 grand. Damn. Um, the house, yeah. uh, you know, what, what is t- technically my dream house, exactly everything I want and need, yeah. uh, 80 grand. Wow. So 120 grand for like, my perfect life in Mexico. Oh my gosh! Do you think you're starting a trend where Kiwis are just going to mass exodus to Mexico? You well, don't, you don't I've want got, that. I'm literally selling the place next to me to my friend. <laughs> um, I've got seven people visiting me in Mexico in the next month. Dude, this is awesome! Yeah, you can yeah. Have your own little retreat and people. Oh can... yeah, just come visit. We'll go guest house. And were you just traveling through Mexico? Did you just decide? Yeah, we've been to Mexico a couple of times and we liked Mexico. But my wife and I are so very, very different. Um, She likes places. I'm like, eh. And then I love places. She's like, (laughs) eh. And so I'd spent too long in a place called Tulum with her uh, next to the Caribbean where the water doesn't fucking move. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, I've got to get out of here. And she's like, okay, you can choose the next place. So I Googled best surf in Mexico and it led us to a place called Puerto Escondido. And uh, it is the best beach break in the world. It goes from, you know, six foot on a tiny average day uh, up to about 50 foot i don't know why i started with my laundry this is a massive downgrade in fact this is you just (laughs) keeping the razor sharp eh? like slumming it in in the laundry and then going back to the beautiful beach absolutely so i live there april to april to december and then what do you do for the other stuff come back yeah i come back to new zealand for for december yeah like i do anything that i need to put into into reality Mm. i do it from december to april and i can run everything else online true like you know um it costs nothing to live Mm. over there Mm. and then i come back about three times over the seven months and batch all my talks together for mm. corporates um and so the key to this lifestyle make first world money yep spend it in third world countries there you go but you're and actually contributing to third world as well right well like, no absolutely so this is why like we're we're becoming residents of mexico this true, year true um you know we've bought property there and people are like is that easy like yes mm. because we have money yeah. and mexico is a gigantic country with not that many people per capita um, per per piece of square kilometer, yeah. um, and uh, and so they're like, you know, do you have a criminal record? No. Or do you have money? Yes. <laughs> then please come on in, yeah. because you know we buy this house, we're hiring builders, we're yeah. hiring architects. When we're not there, we're Airbnbing it, so we need property managers and cleaners and landscapers and you know all of that sort of stuff. So mm. we are providing their country with revenue Dude, as well as spending the money there. So that's awesome. That's awesome. That makes me feel kind of like sad that, I don't know, like I get caught up in this Kiwi dream, you know, where you got to earn the money, buy the house. I'm doing none of those at the moment. (laughs) So I'm renting the house. I'm starting to earn the money. But, you know, there is that kind of, uh, how did, you know, I'm just trying to work out. 
Did you know you were going to break out of that system? Did you know no, from an well, early age? Yeah, well, actually, yeah, yeah. Like, so I've never had a real job. True. I've always been an entrepreneur of some yeah. some description. Like right from right from the start. Yeah. Right from the very 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 start. Mm. I had my first business at seven. Boom! What was that? Uh, collecting, finding, cleaning, sorting, selling golf balls from the local Jimmy golf Hunt, course. That's awesome. And so, you know, I'd make like 20 bucks a week. Yeah. And back in those days yep. when candies were one cent each. You were balling. That's like 2,000 candies. <laughs> I had nothing else to spend it on, which explains my sugar addiction. But like... <laughs> Like that, that was that that gave me financial independence from the start. Dude. But I mean, this is the thing: is that I've made more money this month mm. than I've ever made in any month ever. True. And what I found is very interesting in this month is that I have not changed my spending habits mm. at all, and that's a lot to do with my own mental health and where I sit. Because you see, what happens to the average person is like they make a hundred grand a year. So they leverage their car and their house yep. and their social activities mm-hmm. to that hundred grand. Mm-hmm. And then they get very used to that. Yep. And then they get a pay rise to 150. So they get a flasher car, yes. a bigger house, and they leverage that. And they can never earn less money than they've had. And they get stuck in the cycle because mm-hmm. you're on a mortgage. And, and you're on a payment plan on your car. Yep. And so you have to pay the same amount every week and you can never go backwards. And that hamstrings people into jobs they hate, lives they hate, and just r- strips you of your freedom. Whereas I need nothing. I have nothing. Mm. And I am happy with nothing. And I appreciate everything. And that gives me the freedom to, if I only want to earn, let's say, $15,000 this year, mm. I can live in Mexico like a baller on 15 grand this year. Dude. And if I earn any more than that, then great. You yeah. know, that's that's yeah. the way that works, but like I can I can live like that for 15 grand and that's just choices. Everything is about choices. Did you just describe the antidote to unhappiness or the antidote to our skyrocketing depression? Yeah, it's contentment. So one of the things that we chase all the time is happiness. Mm-hmm. You can't have happiness as a constant. Happiness is not a constant. Just like sad is not a constant. Mm. They are the the peak and the trough of the human spectrum. And so what we're looking for is contentment. Mm. And the problem with the average human is they are the opposite of content. Yep. They want the pay rise. They want the bigger car. They want the bigger house. They want the bigger fucking everything. Mm-hmm. And it's that contentment that creates the disharmony in that person's life and so if you can find the contentment without those things then everything else is a bonus and just falls into place and it's nice and easy are we getting better at working this through does it seems seems like we're getting worse because i've seen the opposite yeah the last time i caught up with you there was no trump um well, yeah, yeah, there was no Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, now the world, like we're on these... No Simon Bridges. <laughs> there's, we're on these teams. It's like men and women can't get on anymore. Yeah. I wonder, do you kind of see New Zealand different every time you come back? Or one of the things I wanted to ask you, maybe this is the better question, is um, are you optimistic about things? No. Uh, I think everything's going to get a lot worse. You see, one of the biggest uh, problems with humanity is um, is our aversion to change. Mm. Um, so we like to hold on to things yeah. as they are. We don't yeah. like to change. Now, uh, you ask what is the uh, biggest cause of change? 
is discomfort. Mm. So I was on the Paul Henry show a while back when yep. Trump was originally running for the primaries, and uh, Trump, and, he, and Paul Henry said, "You know, what do you think of Trump? Do you think he'd be president? You know, would it be good?" And I said, "Yes, mm. I hope Trump becomes president." Right. And he just looked at me like, "Why?" And I was like, because if Hillary becomes president, it's the same, same, yep. status quo. Right. I said, oh, what's annoying me is Trump isn't fucking up enough. <laughs> I was hoping he would fuck up more. Yeah. So because, because unfortunately, as humans, we only change through discomfort. Right. I.e. Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Like something. So, I, I mean, I controversially say sometimes, I hope the New Zealand suicide rate triples. Mm. Because it needs to get... Shit's got to hit the fan. Shit has to actually hit the fan because the average person out there is like, oh, yeah, yeah, the the, the mental health in this country mm. is bad. Mm. And you're like, yeah, but you're not in discomfort, right. so you are not willing to change anything. Mm. Um, it's the same as um, the climate report that came out last week, which said by 2040, we're going to have rolling wildfires across the planet and everything. Yeah. Like, and so you ne we need to do this, 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 this in order to, to stop the temperature rising and stop this horrible apocalyptic thing, which mm. we are projecting that's going to be true. How many people in the last week have you heard go, I am making wholesale changes to make this not that not no, happen? Including none. myself. Yeah, none. none. Of course. I haven't even done anything. Mm. You know why? Because we're not in discomfort. Yeah. We have no discomfort for this. You know, the, the main reason why someone turns around their mental health, rock bottom. Like rock bottom. Mm. When you hit actual final massive discomfort, oh shit, <laughs> now I better do something. But then what's interesting is that they only just do enough to become not uncomfortable anymore. Mm -hmm. Not better, yep. just not uncomfortable anymore. So... You still have diabetes, but you take the tablet that can control it. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty freaky because what does general population do? They hear you say that and it just feels a little bit like, oh, well, what's the point? I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, a fair, it's a fair question. What, you know, what's the point? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a realist as well. Like, mm. well, well, yeah, I think we're pretty fucked. Um, I, I think I think that the general population isn't going to change. Mm. Um, and the only thing you can ever do, and this is the thing, is like, we, you know, you, like let's save the world, let's mm. do this. No, there's only one thing you can do, and that's save yourself. Mm. And you save yourself by going inwards and dealing with all your shit and yeah. then making your own changes and then using your example and your learnings to be able to be an example to other mm. people. There is no other way to do it. Um, this woman the other day, she said, um, uh, my son is 11. He is going through all these things. I think he might be depressed, blah, 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 blah. You know, what can I do for him? And I said, because this was at one of my talks, and I said, um, you listening to my talk? She's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, what do you think you should do? She's like, oh, uh, uh, like, like drink more water? I'm like, no, no. Put yourself first. Right. Look after yourself first. You know, why is your child like that? Because you have never done any work to move yourself up the mental health continuum to be an example to your child. Yes. Your child is going to have poor mental health because you have poor mental health. Mm. You teach these children anxiety. You teach them depression. They, they're they not like magic things you catch at school. Mm. Um, and because she's never learned the practical tips for it, 
how is she supposed to be an example for that? True, eh? True. And it kind of feels like you're responding to the world changing too. So you're being a bit tougher because, I mean, we've talked a few times, but I haven't really heard you speak like this. Yeah. Because well, the world's changed since we last spoke. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and then just on you know, on top of that, um, you know, you ask, you know, why is our youth suicide rate mm. the worst? Right? Why are our kids fucked? Mm. Real simple answer. Because our parents are fucked. Yeah. And you don't just fix the kids and everything is all right. Like, you got to fix the parents yeah. who are teaching these kids. Like, it's it's this holistic societal issue that is, you know, everything, everything is a symptom. Yeah. We, 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 we have all these problems. But, you know, um, we talk about, you know, like even like climate change, depression, suicide, alcoholism, drug use. They're not problems they're not mm. diseases they are simply symptoms mm. and if we want to change those symptoms we have to find the cause yeah and the cause is the disconnect of all the individuals on the planet <laughs> yeah true and so that's not the easiest thing to go around fixing yeah. <laughs> um and you can just try and inspire and help one person at a time and you should inspire or try to help yourself, like you're saying, right? So it's that's the only thing. There's there's nothing else get, to do. Just get you right. Nothing else to do except get yourself right first. So it feels a little bit to someone in the matrix like me that you're actually you're setting me up for something wrong, but it's correct because if I'm right, I can't help but inspire someone else or show or teach someone else how to be correct. Correct. There's no point me being stressed out at work and expecting my kid to not grow up stressed out stressed out absolutely yeah, and that makes sense. and and this is kids you know kids are tuned in like you come home and you might put on a brave face mm. um, but they can feel you energetically mm-hmm. when you come home and they feel that stress and they learn that behavior mm. and so if you don't want that for your child fix yourself yeah and if we can't we've just got to learn the hard way we've got to the shit's got to hit the fan and then it will automatically it will get so discomforted, is that word, that we will end up just having to fix it. Yes, but what I said before was unfortunately the way people end up is that, so let, we'll put it back in a mental health space where, mm-hmm. I, where I'm at, right? Yep. So the way that people think about things is uh, people are mentally ill or people are not mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to this woman today who was mentally ill. She had depression, right? Yep. And then so she did meditation. Now, We'll preempt this with something that we uh, that I as as a basic tenant of everything I teach, which is um, we think of mental illness. You're mentally ill. You're not mentally ill, but that is not the case. It doesn't work like that. Okay. Um, instead of being a binary, you're mentally ill or you're okay. You've got to think of it like a continuum. It runs from zero being dead to a hundred being godlike enlightenment, mm-hmm. and we are all somewhere on that continuum. The dictionary definition of depression is an extended period of low mental health. Mm-hmm. So let's just say that's 20. Yep. So if you st- spend an extended period of time under 20, then you're depressed, right? So let's say this woman was at 10. She's really not, she's really not great, right? And so she said that she started meditating. Uh, which is my number one tool for anyone who wants to move themselves up the continuum, yep. meditation. Okay. So she started meditating. And she and she, when she said, I did meditate, rather than I do meditate, mm. I was like, oh, okay, so how long did you meditate for? She's like, oh, about a year. I was like, you don't do it now. She's like, no. 
Because what she did is she was in a state of discomfort at 10. And she, she started working on her mental health. She started meditating. She started doing other things. And she moved herself from 10. Mm. Let's say she moved herself up to 25 or 30. She's no longer in discomfort. She's no longer mentally ill. No one's forcing her to go see a doctor or a psychiatrist mm-hmm. or anything like that. But she's at 30 out of 100. Not a place we want to live uh, our entire lives. Mm. But but because she's no longer in discomfort, she stopped meditating. And she stayed where she was. And the problem with being at 30 is that it is very easy to have life events affect you and let you slip down. Mm. Because the average person who's plugged into the matrix and is not even conscious or aware of their own mental health or how it works, they might be at, at, at 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, but they don't actually know how they got there. They just happen to be there. Right. And so if they take a big hit down the continuum, they haven't actually learned the skills of how to put themselves back up. Mm-hmm. And so if this woman had actually kept going and she had gone from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 mm. to 60 and then something big had happened, yep, that knocks off 20 points. She's back at 40 Mm because of a bad life event, but she knows how to go from 40 to 60 because she's done it before. Right. And so it's this whole different perception on mental health that um, that the average person doesn't have. Mm. And it's just very easy to put it in an analogy, which is physical health. Mm. We understand physical health. If I say that physical health is a continuum, you're like, yeah, of course it is. It runs from fat fuck on the couch (laughs) through to Olympic athlete. And you're somewhere in between, right? And so you know if you do this work, Mm. you get this. And so let's say you move yourself up from 10 on on the physical uh, health scale and you move yourself up to 60 suddenly you can play with your kids at the park you can mow the lawns you can suddenly play social rugby yeah. you can like, you can do all of these beneficial things off the back of it mm. exactly the same for moving up the mental health continuum it takes work it takes going to the gym it takes like googling some stuff mm. and reading some stuff mm-hmm. and learning some stuff but you move yourself up there and then all of these benefits start coming off the back of it. If you're thinking of the gym comparison, one might say, start with a 20-minute walk every day, you know, before yeah. you go to the Run gym. Run try and yeah. yeah. What would you say the equivalent is for mental exercise? Um, to begin, you to, know? Yeah, well, so I have a thing called the Basic Reset Program on my website, jimmyhunt.com. It's completely free. Um, and I've redone this program a couple of times after learnings about how to stop people failing. Mm-hmm. Um, give people too much too early, fail. Yep. Um, and so my program for the first week, the only thing you're doing is drinking two liters of water a day. That's it. Yeah. Like the most the most basic <laughs> like thing. Like just getting little wins under your belt. Like I said, meditation is the best tool that you can possibly learn mm-hmm. um, for that. Now, if I ask you to sit down and meditate for an hour... Like your just brain will explode and you'll never ever do it again, right? So it doesn't work like that. So what I teach is um, a music meditation, and so we start. And so for the first you know couple of weeks, which is like day day like sixty two is only mm. when we start meditating. True. Um, for the first few weeks, all we're doing is getting up each morning, rolling over, and pushing play on a playlist of three instrumental songs that you love. Putting your headphones in and sitting, lying there in your bed, mm. 
listening to the music. Wow. That's it. And every single time a thought comes to your brain, uh-huh. you acknowledge the, th- the thought and go, yeah, okay. And then you let it pass and you go back to the music, right. whether it's the bass line or the piano or the guitar mm. or whatever. You just listen to that. And so that is like the very basic tenets of meditation, mm. um, being able to observe your thoughts and then going back to a um, any, something that you're focusing on. And you get to do it listening to your favorite music. Wow. Um, and so... You know that is that is like the most, you know, sort of basic step. The beginning. Um, that yeah, that that's part of the beginning. But like the analogy that I use um, when talking like this, um, uh, two analogies. The first one is um, you take an Olympic swimmer, right? Yep. Triangle shape, epitome of ripped, um, super VO two max, yep. physically fit. Amazing. Mm. And he wins a gold medal at the Olympics. So he is the pinnacle of the pinnacle of the pinnacle. So therefore, his physical health is now solid and good forever, right? No. No, of course not. No, no. He re- he, super fit. he retires after that gold medal. Mm. And 80 months later, you see him in the tabloids being a fat fuck yeah. because he just blew out. Mm-hmm. You see that happen to swimmers all the time. Yeah. And because it doesn't work like that. Mm. Just the same as like monks don't graduate at 30 and then never have to meditate again. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, like it's a it's something that you have to be doing yep. all of the time. And the thing with your brain, mm. your brain is like any other muscle that is proven in science. It is malleable. Mm. You send neurons down neural pathways which strengthen the pathways with conscious thoughts mm-hmm. or weaken them if you're not using those pathways. The stronger the pathways are, the more they are your basic habits. Right. Now, if you want to um, strengthen a particular neural pathway, what you need to do is work that out. Mm. You need to keep sending thoughts down that pathway so it gets stronger and strengthens. You want to use a, um, back to the physical analogy, it's like you can't teleport from 20 to 70 yep. on the continuum. Yep. It just doesn't happen that yep. way. You've got to you've got to gradually move your way up. Just like you don't go into the gym in day one and start ben- bench pressing 200 kilograms. Mm. You just don't. You just can't. Yep. So I don't ask you to meditate for an hour mm. um, on nothing straight away. Um, so you go into the gym. First week or so, you just bench press the bar. Yep. Like that is all you do. Yep. Then you might graduate a week later to five kilogram plates on each side. And then... But he, Five, seven years later, you're bench pressing a whole heap. Mm. Like, it is exactly the same for your mental health. So where our mental health being poor is like a pulled muscle. No, it's like a fat fuck. <laughs> you're, just, you're just fat in the head. Yeah, true. Like, fatty. just the, the average person. And I was the average person, yeah, right? Yeah. I, was, I was obese in my head mm. because I had never done anything other than put bad stimulus into it. Hmm. And so, um, you know, I then started, I kind of got addicted to the gym. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like yep. I, I started going to the gym yep. and I hate going to the gym, but I got addicted to the results of the mm-hmm. gym. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, next, next, next. How, how can I keep that improvement? And like right now I'm not, I'm not monk level Olympic athlete, but shit, I might make the Commonwealth games team Boom, next year. There you go. You know? <laughs> and, and that's because I'm out there training. Yeah. But unfortunately, unlike Les Mills, like I go to the gym, there's like two of us there. Mm. Um, Will we know? look back and laugh at this time 
if we get through like will we look back and <laughs> if say we get through yeah haha look they thought they could do all this stuff without training you know or you know something like they thought they could just fill the brain and not cache it and they would be okay it's like clearly that's not the case yeah but i i actually think it's the past looking forward and laughing at us like um like like that like the old dudes knew what was up you yeah, know yeah. um you know you start um i was talking to this chinese girl today and we were talking about taoism the mm. chinese philosophy and religion and um like you know they knew what was up yeah. like uh, some of my favorite parables and learnings are from mm. taoism and now you've got a china that is uh, putting um uh Muslims in re-education camps and they just disappear. You know, Christians in re-education camps and they just disappear. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that, like, how has a culture gone from that to that? Mm. You know, Buddhism has just died out around the world, you know, uh, which has got, like, full of uh, good insights, you know. Um, so you've got you've got these people that knew stuff a long time ago that had real solid insights into mm. the universe and the world and how we as humans worked. Yeah. And yet we've forgotten it. Um, so it's not like we don't know it. Not like we don't have the ability. Mm. Um, but the, the thing is, knowledge is useless without action. Boom. And, and so what we're doing is we've got all of this knowledge. We've got, we've got like, in my pocket, on my phone, yeah, well. I have all of the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it's useless yeah. unless I take that knowledge and then I go and actually put it into some action, yep. and then I use that action to create the change that I want. And people are saying, what action? And is the action be the best you you can be? Look after you. That's it. Stop That's the trying only to thing contribute to, to everything else. Yeah, so my favorite quote in the entire world, which is in the last page of my last book, is you cannot overestimate the unimportance of practically everything. Mm. That blows people's minds. <laughs> so I say it again, like, you cannot overestimate the unimportance of practically everything <laughs> yeah. and people are like what do you mean i'm like in the grand scheme of things everything is unimportant yeah. and then they're like well what is important <laughs> the only thing that is important is you yeah you are the you are you the individual you are the only thing that is important <sighs> and so like this thing i say to them like you're more important than the all blacks score mm. who gives a fuck about 30 men running around in the field exactly. means nothing you're more important than your car you drive you're more more important than the job you have you're more important than your husband or your wife mm. and you're more important than your kids now i'm a mental health speaker and not a comedian or anything like that and i've only been heckled once in my life mm -hmm. and i said you are more important than your kids to 400 kindy mums wow <laughs> holy shit did they almost kill me with my with their eyes you know like seriously just death stares and the only time i've ever been heckled this woman shouts out but that's selfish yeah and i'm like actually no the dictionary definition of selfish is to put yourself first to the detriment of others and I don't ask you to do that. I'm asking you to put yourself first for the benefit of others. Because if you put yourself first, move yourself up that continuum, you become better at your job. You're more efficient. Uh -huh. You're more effective. You come up with better ideas. You work better in a team. You take less sick days. You get pay rises. If you put yourself first, you move yourself up that continuum, become better husband, wife. You become better in a relationship. You have less fights. You're less likely to punch your wife. Mm -hmm. You're you're less likely to to break up. You're less likely to have all these things. If you put yourself first, you move yourself up the continuum. You are better parent. I said to this woman, I was like, um, "Who would you rather have parent your kid, 
two people at 70 or two people at 30? She's like, 70? I was like, yeah. Move yourself up that continuum. <laughs> yeah. You're the one that teaches your kids all this stuff. Yeah. Um, like you are the most important. You are the only thing that's important. Mm-hmm. And yet we just, are, and, and this is the thing is that we're just looking externally for all of our answers. Yep. And the answers are not external, they're internal. But unfortunately, we are very, 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 very averse to looking inside. Mm. Here's a, um, you know, the website Reddit. Yep. Um, uh, it, a lot of people understand uh, the subreddit shower thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You've heard, you heard of shower, shower thoughts. thoughts. But um, only through you. Oh, really? That's okay. So have I talked about this before? Please carry on. Um, yeah, my favorite shower thought, uh, inappropriate at best, is um, uh, when Hillary Clinton was trying to be uh, president, uh, one of the shower thoughts that came up was, uh, if Hillary Clinton becomes president, it will be the first time two presidents have fucked. <laughs> um, and so and so it was um, like, it's just, so basically people in the shower come up with these witty, clever, insightful, interesting things, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm just kidding. You fix that. I'll keep talking. And so um, basically, uh, you ask the question, why are shower thoughts a thing? Mm. And and the thing is, it's very, uh, very simple. It's because the only time in a modern person's day where uh, they are quiet. Yeah. It is the only time where we don't have screens. Mm. We don't have books. We don't have music. Uh, usually don't have another person. Um, you know, we are in an ambient temperature with white noise. And it is basically the closest a modern human, Western human, gets to meditation. And stuff comes into their brain. And they start understanding stuff. And they start thinking about stuff. And they start getting clarity. Mm. Because it is the only five minutes in your entire day where you are not being stimulated by an external stimulus. Yeah. Okay. And so imagine if you took the time. Yeah. Okay, well, see, here's the thing. Since we're talking about meditation, I'm mm. trying to get people to meditate. I'll tell you um, in my talks how I try and convince people to, to meditate. Yep. I say that meditation is the number one tool that uh, you can use uh, to move yourself up the continuum, right? Mm-hmm. And I will tell these people that I can show you all the science from the last 10 years that shows you can regrow gray matter you can rewire your brain and it just shows all of these amazing results off the back of meditation science and you you still won't meditate Mm. i can tell you that tim ferris interviewed about 70 people for his book tools of titans in which are the most successful people the richest people on the planet and he said the number one thing that he took out of it was over 90 percent of those people have a daily meditation practice and you won't do it. <laughs> and so you're like, I'm, you know, I'm left going, well, how the fuck do I convince these people, <laughs> right? And so I'm like, okay, okay. Here is the lowest effective dose. Mm. Berkeley University in California, positive psych department, uh, went to the lowest decile school district in San Francisco uh-huh. and said, we've got this meditation program we'd like to put. And they're like, no, don't have time. Don't do meditation. Can't afford it teachers are busy blah 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 and they came back and they said well we've got a program called quiet time would you like more quiet time in your class and they're like yes but again we 
to can't don't have time to teach teachers. We've got no money. Yeah. And they're like, it's it's free and it will take twenty seconds to teach the teachers. And I went, okay. So they put it in. And the quiet time program is as simple as this. At the start and the end of every class, the teachers tell the children to just close their eyes and sit there. That's it. No other instruction. Six months later, um, you know, the the test is ended. Uh, they start tallying all the results. At the end, you've got shootings down, stabbings down, bullying down, truancy down, test scores up significantly in all of those categories. And so you, what you have here is the lowest common denominator child in the worst situations being given no instruction other than to close your eyes and they're having those sorts of results. Mm. So I imagine what you as a modern, middle-class, reasonably well-adjusted, put-together human could do Mm -hmm. if you just put in that minimum effective dose. Yep. Yep, you've got us, Jimmy. We're all sitting here knowing... We should do it. Yeah, but you still won't fucking do it. No, that's not true. That's not true. Hopefully, some it. people out there actually no, we start have doing to. it. Well, that's just it. You have like we, we, have ha- to. we have to. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I think I'm just one of the lucky ones who happens to not be sad. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah, just something in no, there, absolutely. and I I don't take it for granted because I know a bunch of my mates are, and mm. I just can't. I can't relate. You know, I said, what's it feel like? And the best I can get feels like mourning, and I'm like, fuck, I get that. I yeah. get that. I know what it feels like when someone dies, you know. Yeah. But generally, I walk around pretty happy, but I know that lots don't. So It's because mental health works like this. It works like a travelator. Mm. If you stand still, you slide backwards. Yeah. You have to be actively going forward to make yep. any progress. Yep. If you stand still, you slide backwards. Mm-hmm. And so that is what the general population is doing. Just mm. simply standing still. Yep. They're not doing anything bad. Then they're not doing anything good. Yeah, but they're just standing still, just being average humans. And unfortunately, when you stand still with your mental health, it will slide backwards. It's funny, Jimmy, because you know we started the conversation. We we're like, "Where's humanity going?" And it feels a bit down. But the more we talk, I mean, there are solutions here. Oh yeah, and, and real I, basic, easy, simple ones that everyone can do. And I think you know that as soon as we you get talking to people, that actually a light bulb goes off, and everyone's like, of course, oh yeah, of course. I I, I actually said to my wife today, who's back in Mexico, mm. being fucking warm. Um, <laughs> I said to, I said to her today, I said, Libby, um, because I've done nine talks in the last six days, mm-hmm. and I said, Libby, I'm feeling really good now yeah i said i'm feeling not 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 like mental health wise i'm just Mm. feeling like i'm in the right place i'm saying the right things Mm -hmm. i'm affecting the right people and i'm getting the right results Mm. i've had so many emails dms everything recently from people saying how i've affected them and then helping them more about a whole bunch of stuff i did a um, radio interview on the breeze last week and like I just talked to them for five minutes and I was like, yep, that's just me talking. Mm. And then um, the producer got back to me and she's like, um, this is the most emails we have ever yeah. got on an interview. Mm. And people are just saying, oh my God, I've never heard stuff explained this way. And, I get <laughs> yeah. and so like seven years ago when I started this particular journey, a couple of people asked me to talk places, right? Yeah. We were in a stage where the only people in this country 
talking about mental health were John Kerwin and Mike King. Mm-hmm. And then I came along and I was like the first normal person, yep. not not celebrity, yep. to, to, to talk about it. And so I had companies not wanting to even like let anyone know that I was coming in to talking to their staff. Like, and then other companies just, no, 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 don't come in. And so in the last seven years, I have seen a ridiculous culture shift. I've just done nine talks in six days. These are all, these are all commercial companies. Yeah. Like these are commercial companies that are getting me in nine talks in six days. That's change. Mm. That's progress. Yes. And we're seeing more and more, even though I don't agree with a lot of it, more and more coverage on the media about this fucking progress. Yep. We're seeing more social media about it. We're seeing more even like traditional media starting to do more stories about it, like progress. We're looking for tipping point. Yeah. We're looking for a point where 7% of the population is doing this work, something ridiculous, Mm -hmm. and then everyone goes, oh, shit, we can see that how much that 7% is, is actually making personal change and having happier and healthier lives. Mm -hmm. I want that too. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think people listen to me? Simply because they look at me and they go, I saw where he was Mm. and I see where he is and I want that too. Yeah. How do I get that? And all I do is give them the learnings that got me from two. I was fucking two. I was so close to being dead and not being here. Mm. Two to probably what I am now is probably about 75. My life goal, 90. Mm. Uh, 80 to 90 is when I'll hit my, um, my, my favorite term um, and, and, and my, my goal, which is to be unfuckwithable. <laughs> you know, when I'm, when, I'm in, when I'm in that 80 to 90 range, you, I become unfuckwithable. <laughs> like, you know, I'm talking about like if I go outside now and my car's stolen mm. and you're just like, okay. Yeah. Well, yep. Bring that, it. That, well, that happened. Mm. Um, nothing I can do about that. Mm. Just now I can only make decisions from this moment onwards. Uh, I can't change the past. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, now I will claim on my insurance. Mm. Uh, and then I will go th- through this process. I go home to Mexico and my wife has left me. And there's a, um, there's a Buddhist saying, which is uh, pain is inevitable. Mm. Suffering is optional. And so I would go home, my wife has left me, and I would walk in there and I'd go, holy shit, like, oh my God, this hurts. This hurts, and it would hurt me because pain is inevitable. Mm-hmm. But then once that initial physical animal pain is gone, then it all comes down to how long you choose to suffer mm-hmm. and how much perspective you have on this. I mean, uh, these people probably don't know my life story, but uh, my first wife cheated on me, left me, got pregnant to the guy, holy shit, what a mess. Mm-hmm. Worst day of my entire life, right? No. No? No. Okay. The very, very best day of my entire life was the day that she left me. Mm. Now, when I was in the moment, holy shit, no. Opposite, right? But now with hindsight and perspective, I'm like, actually, best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. You Mm. see, she left me. Six months later, I found a woman a thousand times better than my previous wife. Now, I stood on an altar and said, I'm going to be with this person forever. I love her. She was my everything. I had no concept that there was a woman a thousand times better and that I am now married to her. I had no concept that her leaving me would make Lilo the Waikato bigger, water slide bigger, and lead me on this this massive path Mm. because we have no idea what is right for us 
we think we want to control and we know that the next job, the next car, the next friend, the next wife, that will be the answer. But we've got no idea if that's the truth. Mm. My favorite parable from the Taoist religion, since we touched on it before, the Chinese farmer and his son, poor peasants, live in a village yep. and uh, they have one horse. Um, and, that, and that night, the horse bolts, runs away. And uh, the villagers come over and they're like, oh my God, that's so unlucky. Oh, that sucks. Uh, and the farmer says to them, maybe. And then the following day, the horse comes back, brings back with it eight wild horses. The villagers come around again that night. Oh my God, you're so rich. This is the best thing ever. You're so lucky. Well done. And he says, maybe. Following day, his son is breaking in one of the wild horses, bucks him off, breaks his leg. The villagers go, well, oh my God, that's so unlucky. Mm. And the farmer says, maybe. Following day, the conscription officers of the Chinese army come around pulling up every young man for fighting duty and they can't take the farmer's son because he's got a broken leg. And the villagers come around and they're like, oh my God, you are so lucky, that's so good. And the farmer says, maybe. We have no concept of what is right for us. We have no concept in the moment of whether this is good or bad. We don't know where it's going to lead us. And yet we so strongly put our opinions and thoughts on those things to determine what we believe to be right and wrong or good and bad. Mm. And we don't know shit. So what can you do? Look after you. Yeah. So so the number one thing that I've been talking a lot about in the last day or so is perspective, right? So uh, right now I have perspective over that situation through hindsight, right? Yes. But perspective, and, and so that's mainly where everyone gets their perspective from is hindsight. Yep. It's like, it's a muscle like any other muscle. We train mm -hmm. it with small things first yep. before we can apply it to big things. Yep. Um, one of the, one of the best uh, ways to train that, guess what? Meditation. Mm -hmm. And so um, people think that meditation is about not thinking when it's actually the opposite. It's about acknowledging that you're going to fucking think mm -hmm. we can't stop this. There's mm -hmm. no monk sitting there just blank mind. It just doesn't work like that. The human body doesn't work like that. So the goal of meditation is not to think nothing. It's to try to think nothing. And then when you do think something, <laughs> to observe those thoughts. Yep. And then the more you learn to observe them, the more you gain perspective of mm. them. There's a, uh, it's uh, hard to explain over an audio uh, thing, but like there's a, there's a picture where um, a guy is in a hedge maze, right? And so all he can really see is like left or right. That's where I can go. And the title of that says before meditation. Mm. And then the next one is after meditation. And it's basically looking straight down bird's eye view on the maze. Mm -hmm. Meditation doesn't get you out of the maze. Mm. But what it does is it gives you a perspective on the maze. And you're just like, oh, I just have to go left, right, left, left, right, left, right, straight ahead. And I'm out. Yeah. I can understand that now. Yeah. That's the perspective mm -hmm. I have. And so if you want to be able to have more perspective in the moment, you have to train that muscle with really small little things to start with, just like just like anything else we talked about. Dude, that's so cool. That's so cool. And I'm sure you hear that all the time, but it really is cool. I like that you just take time, break it down. And, you know, 
far out, man. There's some optimism. There's some hope because it feels it feels right. Okay. So I mean, this is the but this is the thing. Like I, I talk about change a lot, mm. and then I say, well, here, here's the thing: is that um, millions of people, millions of people, have moved themselves from two to eighty mm. before you. Millions of people will move themselves from two to eighty after you. Mm. You just have to be. You just have to choose yeah. to be to be one of those millions of people. Yeah. And when you make that choice, there are all of these people, things um, that can help you move mm, up. But mm. you just got to do the work. And you mean to move up? It's something like maybe you can't do it all in yourself in your current state. You may need some kind of help to get to that three or four percent. Oh yeah. So I mean, so this is the thing about external versus internal is that um, like I might be the external, right? Listen to this podcast mm. might give you some tools that can move you up five points, ten gotcha, points, gotcha. right? So you've you've got the external yeah. knowledge stimulus from people three thousand years ago in Taoism, mm. two thousand years ago in Christianity, whatever, mm. um, or last year from the psychologist, whatever. Yeah. That is all external, and this is the whole thing I I, I rant about at the end of my talks, which is, um, you know, the self help industry is worth billions of dollars, yep. right? And it gets bigger and bigger every year, mm -hmm. so therefore it must just be full of shit. But it's not. It is full of really good advice, mm. and people are just taking the knowledge and then not turning it into action yep. because books can't do it for you, mm. movies can't do it for you, TVs can't do it for you. Your doctors can't do it for you. Your husband, your wife, your psychiatrist, they can't do it for you. Only you mm. can do the work in your head. Yep. And that is the hardest part of my entire job is trying to flick the switch in people to get them to go, oh, shit, I'm in. Yeah. And I'm going to start doing this work. Yeah, It's the same as that. Like Your personal trainer could be the – you could literally get the best personal trainer in the mm. entire world and he tells you how to get the most ripped you've ever could possibly be and he gives it to you all and you don't turn up to the gym you're staying fat mm. true that okay i want to run something past you um and i don't know how you're gonna take it because you are pretty unfuckable unfuckable maybe that's not unfuckable i'm not unfuckable i'm definitely fuckable <laughs> Some of us over here are. <laughs> we're working on, we're at a two. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. Uh, most of my life, I've believed that we as humans are, you know, some type of, some type of animal. Um, we hunt, have sex, survive. We're pretty much, uh, that's manifested into science. That's kept us on the straight and narrow most part you know we've now got teslas and all that kind of stuff so that's the incentive is to whatever get computers go to the stars do that stuff uh, and then the other parallel side that i grew up with but didn't quite acknowledge into my adult years is the kind of religious side so you've got these two parts of me which uh, i think represent quite a few people out there the kind of atheistic side yep or Maybe atheist, let's just say atheist, atheist and religious. Yep. I was a militant atheist. Okay. I don't think I was militant, but I definitely leaned on that. What I'm interested in is trying to work out why is it that I'm now feeling more uh, of 
being open to something more mystical. It's like science isn't cutting it enough for me. Yeah, anymore. I'll tell you exactly why. I actually had this discussion literally two hours ago with a woman at a cafe. True. And uh, it's it's exactly this, is that, you know, what is it, 150, 200 years ago or whatever, we didn't know that there were fucking atoms. Mm. Right? Yep. And so we thought we knew everything in the world, but we didn't actually know how the world was made up. Mm-hmm. Fast forward 50 years, they discover quantum mechanics Mm -hmm. and how energy and matter works. And the fact that you and I sitting here, we're 99.99% empty space. Yeah. And we know that every single bit of space inside of us is vibrating at a particular uh, level. And that we know the way that different atoms and particles attract and repel each other due to their vibrations. And so the point is, is that if we thought we knew everything then, and we didn't, if we think we know everything now, guess what? Mm. We probably don't. Yep. And so you had all these people, like, we'll go back to science and meditation, like, you know, they'll be meditating for thousands upon thousands of years, and they've, they know the benefits. They just know them innately because they have seen them over and over and over again. Yep. It is literally in the, only, in the last 10 years that the science has caught up to be able to measure this. Uh, right? So what about, so what about in, in 100 years yep. when we, you know, then realize that, you know, there are other beings in the universe maybe not even beings but just like other energetic forms like we will probably discover that sort of stuff um and we're just we're just arrogant if we think we know everything right now and that the only thing is what we can currently prove in science which is what we say God is is really saying it's an, the unknown. God is everything we can't put into science right now. Which is yeah. should should have a spot, eh? Because it feels it's just so loaded. I mean, I guess I'm just calling it the mysterious. You know, it's of course. It's, it's how I try and describe love. You know, I don't know what that is. No, I mean my my personal experience with it was how many coincidences mm. until it's no longer <laughs> a coincidence. <laughs> like like yeah. I'm in. And this is what I talk about by moving up the continuum, mm. right? The more I move up the continuum, the more everything falls into place. Yep. See, quantum mechanics says everything inside creates everything outside. Mm. You know, the energy that your body body is vibrating in is what attracts everything into your realm, your yep. orbit, your sphere. Yep. Like you are attracting all of that stuff. Mm. And so, and you're like, mm, yeah, whatever. Mm. Um, but then... Like, I just start having all of these coincidences. And now, I am not some weird spiritual crazy dude, but, like, I was literally telling this girl today that it happens all the time, and one of my superpowers is that I just hear a name of a friend. Just, like, not even hear it, but, mm. like, I just I just think, Will. Mm. And I go, oh, I need to call Will. Mm. And so I call Will up, and I'm like, oh, hey, you know, just check in, see how everything is. And he's like, oh, bro, just had my girlfriend leave me. Mm-hmm. Just lost a job. 
Oh, and I'm like, oh, cool. And I can help give that person perspective. And so, you know, the first time I did that, it was like, oh, well, that was very good coincidence. <laughs> that was really, you know, it was really, you know, fantastic. Mm. Just great coincidence. Mm. But then, you know, not only these particular examples, which I do constantly, but all of the other things is just the question is, how many coincidences until it's no longer a coincidence? There you go. And so now I've just given up even caring mm. if it's a coincidence or not. I just know that it's good. I just know that I turn up in the right place at the right time for the right people over and over and over again. And I find that a blessing and a privilege and I find it beautiful. And if even not for myself, I want to keep myself as high up the continuum as possible to be able to keep doing that. Dude, I think that makes a lot of sense. And we're all different, obviously, around the planet. And that's the one thing I think we share through this. I mean, you might call it believing in something. Well, believing in something is, I guess what you're saying. You're believing in something. There's something happening in... There's something. something I can't something explain happening. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. religious quote of all time mm. is, you're all in the same building, just looking out different windows. Yeah. <laughs> and like the Christians are like, no, there's uh, there's a beach out there. Yeah. And the Muslims are like, no, it's the fucking mountains. Yeah. And then the Buddhists are like, no, it's the, yeah. it's a river. It's like, fucking, it's all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you're in the same building. Oh, and so, so cool. you know, like, and this is, but this is the thing is that, you know, we're, we're, we've evolved in the last couple of thousand years, mm. right? But, but back then, they were having the same experiences that we have now, yeah. but they didn't have the tools to be able to articulate it. Mm. And so what do they do? You make up a fucking story about it. Yep. And so now we can explain some of those stories with mm. science, and some of them we still can't explain. Yeah. And we might be able to explain them with science in 100 years. Mm. But like we're all having the same experiences because because what's so amazing is that um, when you sit in quiet and you and like every society around the world has had those people mm. and as part of their society that the ones that were sat and be be quiet, all of those people came up with the same shit. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, like yeah. they they've all, they all found a universal truth. And then in order to explain that universal truth to the people of their particular society, they wrapped it up in the societal biases that those had mm. to help those people understand it. Same shit. Makes sense. So, Different opinions. So change comes when critical mass happens, when enough people do something. So um, yep. and if enough people take the 20 seconds in the morning and the 20 seconds before bed to just shut up and be quiet, Yep. something will happen. Yep. And so we've just got to, each, every one of us, do your part to yep. look after you. So, and this is this is where, again, where it sounds like insane because it's not science, right? But, like, I've been to the Dalai Lama's temple in Dharamshala in mm -hmm. the uh, Indian Himalayas because um, he got kicked out of Tibet, obviously. Um, you go up there and you're just like, ooh, this place feels different mm. now why does it feel different to any other place up in the hills above the clouds you know literally because there's two thousand monks there <laughs> meditating all day every day yeah. and they are raising the vibration of not only themselves mm. but everything in their vicinity mm. now that sounds crazy to a lot of um atheist uh, scientific based people out there but here's the interesting thing is that they've done you know repeatable 
this I'll give you one example of what has been done repeatable times. But it was in the um, it was in the late eighties, I think. Washington D.C. had the worst crime statistics, like stabbing, shootings, everything. A large group of Buddhist monks went to Washington D.C. for the summer. And here's the thing about summer: crime stats go up in the summer. More people out doing stuff. Yeah. Crime stats go up. Yeah. And so they went over there in the summer and they sat down in the Central Park every day for multiple hours and meditated for six, four months maybe. Mm. After that, there was a like the University of Washington DC or whatever the hell university is there was doing, was, was you know, studying this and, and, and with them on it. And they went and talked to the police chief um, after this and said, because they were getting all the crime statistics, right? Burglaries were down. Car thefts were down. Um, shootings, assaults, everything was down. And down drastically. And they said to this police chief, like, you know, why? Mm. And he's like, look, I don't know. Because one, it's actually a, um, it's a heat wave. So it's even we should have gone up even more. We haven't put any extra police on the streets. We haven't actually done you know any changes in policies. I I, I have no idea why it's down so much. You had hundreds of Buddhist monks <laughs> praying and meditating, love, compassion mm. for your city, mm. and it literally changed the vibration of it. And they have done that; those like that group, they've done it in different cities around the world, and they get the same goddamn results every time. Yeah, like I can't explain that. Yeah, yeah, that is some crazy outside of science currently shit. And yet. I'm happy to take it on faith these days. Yeah. I'm happy to go, cool. If you want to come to my city and meditate all summer, like I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. I'll take it. Whatever moves me. And and this is the thing, like, I don't care where it comes from. I don't care if it's Taoism, Buddhism, Christianity, or fucking Scientology. If you can give me a nugget mm. and I can use that nugget to knock myself up a couple of points, I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm running with I'm it. I'm running with it. Dude. And I'm teaching it. Well, we have a glimpse of it when you're praying for the All Blacks to win and you're at the game and they win, there's adulation, right? That's a similar... There must be a vibration, a connection of people yeah. Yeah, all thinking... Be. For a split second, we only give ourselves a split second. Yep. I guess what you're saying is if we could you know, put that out to five seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, we could start getting some yeah. wicked results. Oh, Jimmy Hunt blowing my mind what um isn't that why i'm supposed to be here yeah it is it is i just never thought it would <laughs> would be so much in one podcast it's like i need a cigarette after this thing um final question what's the what's the one moment that blew your mind oh uh <laughs> you said final question how much time you got on your final question yeah well, good enough all right okay <laughs> this 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 goes on from how many coincidences right and yep. this is a story that I'm not sure I've really told very often, but um, uh, I went to this, uh, I got forced to go see this hypnotherapist woman. And um, after after she was trying to help me with this thing, uh, she said, oh, by the way, there's death on the river. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, who are you and what are you fucking saying to me? Now, this is just before I was going on my uh, early adventure called Lilo the Waikato, mm -hmm. where I say I'm Lilo down the river. 
And so I'm just like, fuck it, all right, whatever. There's like a cow that died in the Waikato, sure, whatever. Um, then I end up in Hamilton. Mm. Um, uh, my wife has uh, cheated on me and left me by this stage. So uh, I'm like, I'm getting out of the river. I'm going to a bar. I'm going to find myself a girl. I found the only hot girl in Hamilton. Um, <laughs> and uh, she was a, uh, a very, very Christian lady uh, who happened to be engaged as well. And so we start debating God and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and then at the end, she goes, I'm going to pray for you. I'm like, like, sure. If you want to pray to your flying spaghetti monster, I don't really care. Go ahead. Send mm-hmm. out those good vibes. And she said, I'm going to pray that you uh, you get money because I think you need money. I was like, uh, who doesn't? Yeah. And she says, um, I'm going to pray you find a better wife. I'm like, another another wife. I was like, yeah, well, I can't do, can't do worse than the last one. <laughs> yeah. And then she said, I'm going to pray for you when you find that boy on the river. And I said, what? She said, I'm going to pray because I think you're going to find that dead boy on the river. And I'm like, what? She's like, oh, didn't you hear yesterday a boy jumped off a bridge in Huntley and landed on his friend, knocked himself out, and drowned. And I think you're going to find him. And I'm like, well, that happened yesterday. Surely they found him by now. They haven't, they haven't found him. I'm like, well, I'm two days away from mm. that. Like, So, yeah. And so I'm just like, fucking this weird, move on with my life. Two days later, in the morning, I get a phone call from my friend. And he's like, our friend, who's a... Uh, spiritually lady from Waiheke, mm-hmm. um, which says a lot. Mm-hmm. She said, don't tell Jimmy, but I was reading my tarot this morning and I think he's going to find that, that body on the river. And he's like, so I've called you. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, well, that's fucking strange yeah. um, because that's three now. Mm. And then um, uh, that day I'm swimming along and... I'm just like now looking out for it mm. because like holy like three people have told me. But this is this is four days after he drowned. This yeah. is like Navy dive squad, um, police dive squad. Mm. Like everyone's been looking, and it's mm. like well, whatever. And so I'm swimming along, and I come around a corner, and a guy comes out of the reeds on the right hand side with a tarpaulin, and then I look in front of me, and he looks in front, and there's on the sandbar and the thing is this 14 year old boy. Um, and so he wades out onto the sandbar. I pull up onto the sandbar and I help him cover the, the body. And I was just like, wow, like, whew. And he was just a bit sort of blown away. And he said, I said, you won't believe what, what, uh, what's happened. Like, and I told him the story. Three people had told me and now I'm here. Mm just like how what why and he's like bro you won't believe me and so this guy was the boy's uncle and he was sitting in his house and he got a knock on the door and he opened the door and there were two maori spiritual women there who he'd never met before Mm. and they said the river is ready to release the boy go down to the end of the street and go out into the river and you will find him and he's just like like what what like whatever like oh and you can't not listen to that. So he goes and gets a tarpaulin from his garage and he gets in the car and he goes down to the road that they said and goes to the end and then me and him meet up in the same place. Five different women had told the pair of us that we were going to end up in that place at that time with that boy. That was what blew my mind and what opened me up to the fact that we know fucking 
nothing. That's a perfect place to end. Let that be the ending. Jimmy Hunt, thank you for joining me and blowing all of our minds, man. You're most welcome. What's next for you? You're back to Mexico. Yeah, I'm back to Mexico on Tuesday. Um, if you're asking the bigger question about what's next, about all the things that I do, um, the answer is the opposite. Mm. Uh, I am on a, uh, a, a spiritual and mental health sabbatical where my job is to go inside. My job is to move myself up that continuum. And the more I move myself up that continuum, the more everything falls into place. (laughs) And it's been happening over and over again. And I will end up in the right place in the right time. And it will be super awesome. And I'll come on and talk to you about it when it happens. You'll be floating by then. Something like that. Transcendence. Thanks, brother. You're welcome. Just quickly, before I do my big ask, let me tell you a bit about me. My name is Will Fleming and I'm almost 38 years old. I love my family and my job as a video creator. I'm slowly turning into a grumpy old man who can't tolerate how society is being oversimplified and undercomplicated because people can't be bothered looking up and saying hi. Get off my lawn. So my plan is to have more awesome conversations with amazing people inside a caravan built in a mobile podcast studio and that's where I need your help. (sighs) So let me break down my big idea a little more. It's a mobile podcast live stream caravan. Imagine a road with a caravan. And inside that caravan on a road is a podcast studio with two beautiful people. You see, we don't need more clickbait, short form, oversimplified, oversimplified, chicken nugget type content of one size fits all. What we need is long form, interesting content that puts the human back into the internet. But I need your help. I need your help, bro. And it all starts by building this mobile studio. And thanks to the magic of dad science, I've worked out exactly what I need. I need... One million dollars. I need you to help donate what you can to raise $10,000 to buy an old caravan, do it up, and invite you on a road trip of ideas that will blow your mind. The question I have is, will you back me up? Will you help me? If the answer is yes... Yes! 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 Then please click on my Give a Little page and donate what you can to make this dream come true. Do it! Just do it! Okay, catch you later.